You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. You wonder if anybody's ever really being truthful with you? You wonder if what you're seeing is what the person really is? Don't want to be cynical, don't want to be jaded, but reality keeps showing us that this is taking place in our culture. So thank God I've got good news for you today. There is one who is irretrievably, irrefutably, always, eternally faithful. And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In our world today, we're taught to only trust ourselves. Even when there's people in our life who we trust, it's easy to feel a need to see proof before we open ourselves up. In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to have someone who you can always count on no matter what life throws your way, you need to give yourself to the Lord. The only constant in this life is God. His promises will forever remain true, and He simply wants to extend His perfect grace to you. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Exodus chapter 34 as he begins his message, The God Who is Faithful. The God Who, dot, dot, dot. And we've dealt with several aspects or characteristics, characteristics of God. We, we've looked at the God who comforts, and isn't he a comforter? We've looked at the God who delivers, and isn't he a deliverer? And then last, we looked at the God who does a new thing, shall you not know it? Soon and right in front of you is going to spring forth. And so he is a God who does a new thing. But now today, I want to talk to you about something that is, just goes right to the core of everything we do as a believer. Every step we take is based on the faithfulness of God. So I want to talk about the God who is faithful. And I want to read several passages. How many of you have learned that God is a faithful God? Any faithful God? Well, I hope to kind of crank that faith in the faithfulness of God up a little bit today because he really is faithful. Let's read just a few passages that, where God tells us about himself. You know, here's a book of Revelation. This book is a book of God telling us who he is. And if it wasn't for this book, we wouldn't know who he is. We, we could guess. Nature would tell us a little bit, but we wouldn't know about the different characteristics, characteristics of God. God's book tells us who he is. And he's about to tell us about his faithfulness. Now it says in Exodus 34, six, he passed in front of Moses, that is God, proclaiming. So, so God is talking to Moses saying, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, read the last part with me, abounding in love and faithfulness. Now, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, and he is what, everyone? He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Pause for a moment and look at this. As you and I are faithful to him, he reaches down through our generations and blesses our descendants. Let's go to the next one. Isaiah 49, verse 7, this is what the Lord says. The Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nations, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord, who is what? Faithful. He's the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you, and he is faithful. 
Now we're jumping in the New Testament. Here comes the Apostle Paul, who I call the attitude king or the king of a great attitude. And look what he says. The one who calls you is what, everybody? Faithful. And he will do it. What is it? The it is he will sanctify you, body, soul, and spirit. The one who calls you will do it. He's faithful. Now, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Read the last part with me. For he who promised is faithful. Now we can just read verse after verse on the faithfulness of God, but that's enough for us to see that God is telling us, I want you to understand that I'm a faithful God. I'm not gonna let you down. I'm not gonna walk out on you. I'm not gonna betray you. I'm not going to lie to you. He's a faithful God. Father, thank you for your word. And we pray that you will ignite in us a fresh faith in the faithfulness of God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to lay hold of this truth today in a fresh way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you turn to your neighbor and preach a little bit and tell them God is faithful? Amen. Now I want to isolate the key phrases that we just read from those five passages. Here's, here's, those, here's the phrases we can isolate from those passages. God is abounding in love and faithfulness. He is the faithful God. He is the Lord who is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful. And he who promised is faithful. Our God is the ever faithful God. Isn't that good news? I mean, we could just stop right there and go home and feel better about the day because we serve a God who is faithful. And it's a good thing because we live in a world that is filled with the opposite of faithfulness, unfaithfulness. We live in a world that's not very faithful at all. And you know, I read more and more some of the prophecies about the last days. And one of the ones that always stand out to me is when Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, first four verses. He said, Timothy, I want you to know something about the last days. The Holy Spirit knew this was going to go in the eternal word of God, and we would be reading this as those that are in the last of the last days. He said, let me give you a character sketch of what people are going to look like who don't know Jesus. Let me give you a character sketch of, of their character. And it's not a very pretty laundry list. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there's going to be very difficult times. The Greek, literally, times of great stress. For people will love only themselves and their money. Gee, are we there? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful and unthankful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and they will hate what and who is good. Now he closes by saying they will betray their friends. In other words, one of the marks of latter-day people that don't know Christ will be unfaithfulness. Uh, no covenant, covenant breakers. When a person is unfaithful, it means they're a promise breaker. They're covenant breakers. Their word and their character don't mean a thing. Used to, you could shake somebody's hand and their word was good. Their word was their bond, but not now. 
Now we need a team of lawyers. And now we need to sign 30 pages of writing just to be sure that somebody's going to keep their word. And that's just not the way God ever intended it to be. But that's where it is. Because, folks, we're in the last days. And we are watching a spiraling down in the character of people. But thank God, the flip side is, in the church, those that walk with Jesus, we're watching love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, grow. And so you're going to go one way or the other, bearing the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the devil. Unfortunately, we do live in a culture where loyalty and promise-keeping seem to be on the endangered species list. And you got to think about what we face in the news every day. Leaders, political leaders, pledge peace. And then we find out that all along they were preparing for war. Politicians look us right in the eye and lie. Knowing that what they're saying is at best a half-truth and at worst a total falsehood, yet they do it without blinking. Marriages are ending over trivial disputes. Presidents wag their fingers and say, I didn't, knowing full well they did. I read about a national radio talk show. This really spoke to me. National radio talk show where the host discussed several prominent celebrities whose personal hypocrisies had been revealed. And then he asked this question. He said, is there anyone out there who is who they claim to be? We live in a culture of falsehood, of posers, of fakes and phonies. You wonder if anybody's ever really being truthful with you? You wonder if what you're seeing is what the person really is? Don't want to be cynical, don't want to be jaded, but reality keeps showing us that this is taking place in our culture. So thank God I've got good news for you today. There is one who is irretrievably, irrefutably, always, eternally faithful. And his name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He is the one who can be completely counted on to keep his word. How many of you are glad that God is a God of his word? that God can be counted on. I want to just preach Jesus up a little bit today because our culture is just shooting him down. And so I want to take a stand and say, Jesus Christ is the best thing that has ever happened in my life because he is the true and the living God. And I have found that he can be counted on. He is faithful. He is true. Listen to how the scripture describes him. John 17, verse three says, he's the only true God. First Corinthians one, verse nine says, God is faithful. First Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, but God is faithful. First John one, nine, you all know that one. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. First John 5, 20 says, calls Jesus him who is true. These verses establish that God's faithfulness is, it's not, and I want us to catch this today, it's not some minor or secondary or back burner aspect of his character. To say that God is faithful goes right to the inner core of who God really is. You know, John also told us, he said, God is love. He doesn't just love. His very essence is love. But then he also said he's faithful. He's not just faithful as in a verb, but he is faithful 
to the core. Our God is a faithful God. He keeps his word because if he didn't, he wouldn't be God. Now, all that God does, but watch this now. I asked them, how many of you can say that even today, God did something for you, blessed you, gave you peace, provided for you, answered a prayer, did something. How many of you can say that today? How many of you can say already today, God has helped me, done something for me, answered a prayer, given me peace? Well, you ought to all raise your hand because you're sitting in a chair breathing, so he's kept you alive. Do you know that everything that God does for you and for me rests on his faithfulness? And every blessing we receive comes because he is faithful to keep his promises to us. See, this book would be absolutely meaningless if it were not for the faithfulness of God. You know, I I heard the gospel. I said, I heard the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I heard that. That's a promise. That's a promise verse. That if I put my faith in him, then I'm going to receive everlasting life. And when I did it, the faithfulness of God was at stake. When I said, I believe what I've just heard, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me and come into my heart. The only way I could pray that is I was counting on the faithfulness of God to keep his word. Everything he does for us flows out of his faithfulness. Think about this. If God were not faithful, we could not be saved. If God were not faithful, how could we ever have confidence to pray? Because John said, this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the things that we have asked of him. But now, where does that confidence come from that John is talking about? This is the confidence we have in him. It comes from us believing that behind the promise is a faithful God. He is faithful. Can you say that with me? God is faithful. If God were not faithful... How would we ever have hope for the future? We, we would die in desperate fear, wondering if God was going to keep his promises and carry us into glory as he said he would. But we don't die in desperate fear. We die in hope because we know that one day, if we don't die and he comes back, a trumpet is going to blow. And because of the faithfulness of God, every single person who has said, Jesus, I believe in you and turn my heart over to you and I look to you in faith to save me is going up. Why? Because of the promise of God. But what's behind the promise of God? The faithfulness of God. God is faithful. We live in faith and we die in hope precisely because our God is faithful. Now I want to look, uh, take a look at two key areas where God is faithful and where we need to live every single day of our Christian life. These two areas we operate in every day. The first one is, here's where God is faithful. Every word he says is true. Now I don't know what that means to you, but I know that when you move among people, you hear a lot of stories, you hear a lot of talk, and talk is cheap. And how many people do you know that if you were to talk to them for a year, you could believe that every single word they told you was true? But you can do that with God. Every word he says is true. 
Listen to what the Bible says, Psalms 12, verse six. The Lord's words are absolutely reliable. They are as untainted as silver purified in a furnace on the ground where it is thoroughly refined. Listen to this now. The Lord's words are absolutely 100% fail-proof reliable. There's not a promise in this book that you can't stand on, walk on, live by, and die by. Every word of God is absolutely true and reliable. I love Numbers 23, 19. Here's what it tells us about God. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. How many of you are glad God doesn't change his mind? Oh, I am. I'm real glad God doesn't. What if he changed his mind and said, you know, I've changed my mind about forgiving you every time you ask me to. I've kind of been second thinking that. I want to change the deal. I would fall apart. Because I, I lean on the blood of Jesus, and I thank God for the cross of Christ. But, but see, I know that if we live to be a million, he's never going to change his mind. It goes on. Has he, that is God, has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it? The answer, of course, is yes, he will. Yes, he will. Why? Because every word of God is true. Not only is his word true, but do you know that he takes personal responsibility to see that it's fulfilled? Did you know the Bible says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not come back to me like a boomerang. It does not go out like a boomerang and come back to me empty. But it, he says, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it why will it do that? Because he says, I watch over my word to perform it. So when I speak a word, it's absolutely un, it, it, reliably, it is absolutely reliably true, and I watch over it. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 the word is, is really, I, I, I am awake always to watch over my word to make sure that I bring it to pass because it's absolutely true. The Bible says the word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The Bible says the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring your soul. This God, says Psalms 1830, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take their refuge in him. There's a saying that says, you know, a lie will go halfway around the world before the truth gets down the street. But let me tell you something. Eventually, the truth always outruns a lie. And the truth will rise to the top. And even though it looks like a lie is going halfway around the world, give the truth a little bit of time. You remember that story of the tortoise and the hare? And, and, and the, the rabbit was way out running that tortoise, but that tortoise just kept on trucking. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And the, the, the hare thought that he had the race won. He got overconfident, kicked back, fell asleep, and the turtle went right past him and broke the tape at the end. Let me tell you, the truth is often like the tortoise. It may look like it's going slow, but it's going sure. And it will break the tape in the end because God's truth prevails. I like that. I should have thought of that last night, but I didn't. One of Jesus' favorite expressions was this, truly, truly, I say to you. If you have a King James, it says, verily, verily, I say to you, 
And he began many different passages with those words. As a matter of fact, interestingly, Matthew, Mark, and Luke never record him saying truly, truly, or verily, verily, but John does, and John does it 25 times. Truly, truly, I say to you. Do you know the word truly is from a Greek word meaning amen? The word truly is amen. Amen, meaning of a truth, most assuredly, so let it be. So when you and I say, amen, we're saying that's true and so be it. That's true and so be it. So when I say to you, with his stripes you're healed, you say, amen, that is true, so be it. Or God is gonna take care of you, amen, so be it. Now, the repetition of the word, when Jesus would use it in, 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 in John, amen, 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 I say to you, it means most assuredly, you can bank on it. It's a guaranteed truth. It's, it's a double imperative. He's, he's saying, not only is this true, but this is mega true, totally true, overwhelmingly, profoundly true. Truly, truly, I say to you. You guys try this when you go home with your wife today. Say, truly, I love you. But then try Honey, truly, truly, I love you. Ask her which one she liked the best. Did you ever notice how quiet it got in here just now? <laughs> truly, truly, Jesus said, truly. Why did he do that? Because his word is true. And it's truly true. Truly, truly, I tell you, I'm about to tell you something that's truly true. Do you know back in the Old Testament, I noticed when God wanted Abraham to do something, he would say, Abraham, Abraham. When God wanted to really get a point across, he said it twice. So when he was really wanting Abraham's attention, he'd say, Abraham, Abraham. When God wanted Jacob, he said, Jacob, Jacob. You remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter three when he was getting Samuel's attention as a little boy? It says the Lord spoke to little Samuel, 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 said it twice. When he spoke to Saul on the road to Damascus, knocked him to the ground and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When he spoke to Simon Peter in Luke 22, he said, Simon, Simon, you better perk up and listen to me, son, because Satan has a desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you have been recovered and restored, you will go and strengthen your brethren. He said his name two times, Simon, Simon. If you're ever driving down the road and God says your name twi twice, hit the brakes and pull over. <laughs> he has never said to me, Jeff, Jeff, I don't know what I would do. Jeff is good enough for me. But if he ever said, Jeff, Jeff, I'm hitting the ground. <laughs> when Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says to us, verily, verily, truly, truly, what I'm about to say is doubly important. He's trying to get our attention like blowing a horn. So truly, truly means emphatically what I'm telling you is true. Why? Because every word he speaks is true. And the second thing I want to bring out is every promise he makes, he keeps. Every promise he makes, he keeps. If that weren't true, 
let's all close the church doors, go home, watch Andy Griffith reruns till we die. Because it's over. It's over if he's not faithful. Our world today is fixated on the idea of living in the moment. We're taught from a young age that if you want to experience life to the fullest, you need to focus on what you can see right in front of you. Today, we learn from Pastor Jeff that this notion will only serve to fail you. The world is full of empty promises, but God's promises never fall short. Enter into a life of blessing by giving your life to God. He has a place for you in eternity. Invest in what matters most. Being part of a local community of believers is vital for spiritual growth. If you're not already connected somewhere, we want to invite you to be part of our church family. Pastor Jeff and the rest of us here at Turning Point Church would love to meet you. We're in Fort Worth, Texas. So check us out. Go to hardwired.org and click on the tab TPC Family to find all the details. That's hardwired.org. It's safe to say that we've all been part of a lie. Whether that's being deceitful ourselves or experiencing it from others, we've all felt that pain. In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to experience truth and move on from empty promises, you need to let Jesus into your life. His promises will never fail you, and His grace will set you free from the pain that this world brings. Step into a life of truth and move past the burdens that are holding you back. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Whitwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue our study in this series, The God Who, right here on Hardwired.